Thriving with Chronic Illness is brought to you by Life Audio and is a part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello and welcome to the Thriving with Chronic Illness podcast where together we learn how to thrive no matter how we feel or what we're going through because while life in fact may be hard, our lives are far from over. We are still called, commissioned, chosen, and empowered daughters of Christ. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery. I'm an author, a speaker, and a ministry leader who is learning myself how to thrive with chronic illness. And today I have a really special guest with me, a friend and a woman I greatly admire, Sarah Conaway. Hi, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. So Sarah and I actually connected because of her, in a way, because of her chronic illness. And she has a powerful story to share. And I've been able to watch just God move in her life and and expand her ministry and really grow her into that. It's been beautiful. She suffers from some pretty intense illnesses, actually. She's got, she has lupus. She has an autoimmune disorder. It's called APS. I guess it has a really long name, so I'm not going to attempt to say it. She has suffered two strokes. She has a brain aneurysm, and she just found out she has a a mass in her lung. So she's got some really hard stuff, and yet she is also steadily advancing God's kingdom, his love, his hope, and his light. And so I brought her here today for those of you who've got some really, really hard stuff and maybe feel like, like your life is in effect over or like God's forgotten about you or he doesn't see you or that maybe you're, you've been put on the shelf. And so we're going to hear Sarah's story of just how she has gone through her own journey. Sarah, did you ever wrestle? Well, first, just tell us a little bit about some of the things that you struggle with. Sure. Um, I guess if I could just maybe some of the things I've struggled with in the past week, Mm. um, feelings of why has this happened to me? I don't know if any of you have felt that way, but why am I going through this where there are so many other people that are healthy and thriving and living without any problems and might live their entire lives without having any illnesses. And I've got 20 of them. And sometimes that gets overwhelming. And if I focus on that versus focusing on maybe what God is teaching me through what I'm dealing with, it's a downward spiral. And so what I try to do is focus on how thankful I am to be able to grow through each of the experiences and each of the journeys that I have been on and to be where I am today and to be a warrior. And I am so very thankful to be able to thrive in the midst of all of the 
um, autoimmune disorders and the strokes that I've had and still be here. And I think, my goodness, if the devil's been trying to take me out, I must be quite a threat. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So my goodness. Absolutely. And I love how you, you really are, you've learned to take control of your thought life and, and to remind yourself of your, what I'm hearing of your victory status in Christ. That's what I hear when you say I'm a warrior. What I hear in that is Christ is in me and he's already won. Yes. Let's talk about how we met. Do you remember that day? I remember very well. So um, we went to Reality Church together and um, there was a Holy Loved um, conference. And I was like, oh, I want to go to that. And so I did. And this first, when I saw you speak, I thought you. I want to do what you do. And so I basically stopped Jen. Um, I'm not too proud to say that. And I was like, I can't, I went and saw her. I said, I want to do what you do. And Jen was so nice to say, let's meet for coffee. And it, a friendship developed from there. And with through Holy Loved, um, I learned so much and realized that, you know, my heart might be more towards dealing with those with chronic illnesses and especially with stroke survivors, which is definitely where a lot of my ministry has taken me. And so here we are. I mean, the journey has just been incredible. It's been amazing to see how God has taken it from, you know, a seed and just a flower and a tree has just grown from that. Well, I love a lot of things, actually, what you just said. There's so much we could unpack there, but I especially love you said, you said he took a seed. Mm -hmm. So you had kind of a a spark in your heart. Did Mm -hmm. you know at that time, where that was going to lead or... I had no idea. And that's one of the things I encourage for everyone listening is if you feel that nudge, that seed, follow it, ask God, pray on it. And no matter how small it might be. And that was just that God told me, go talk to Jennifer. And even though I was nervous at the time, I did it. You know, I got over myself at that time and I went and I talked to her and that, and I wouldn't be where I am today otherwise, because of all the different avenues that I went through to be where I am. And so that's what I encourage you all to do is pray about it and listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to follow those nudges and follow that journey because the Holy Spirit will not lead you wrong. Amen. Well, let's just talk about fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. for a little bit because, and I, I hope you don't mind if I'm completely candid here. So we met, I believe, five years ago? Four years ago. Yeah. I think four years ago. Yeah. What was your speech like at that time? How long oh, had it gosh. been since you've had, since you had your, I believe your second stroke. They were back to back. Yeah, correct? they were back to back. Um, I was stuttering. Um, I had aphasia, which is just, you know, inability to like basically for your brain to connect with your mouth. And so I could, I could think of the words, but they just wouldn't come out of my mouth appropriately. And it has gotten so much better through practice. And even though I still do struggle with it from time to time, it has gotten so much better. And seeing where I have come on my journey over the past four years since we've met has been 
incredible. And I am so very thankful because without the practice and getting up there, I mean, the first time I public spoke was with Holy Loved with you back in 2018 was the first time I got up on stage and at, at the church and spoke in public. And I was scared half to death which is crazy because I used to do it all the time pre-stroke, but I was nervous because I was, I had that feeling of insecurity and self doubt. And all of a sudden I felt like I wasn't who I was before. And I was now a disabled version of myself. And, um, just that insecurity took over and I let it define myself, Mm -hmm. which wasn't at an accurate portrayal of who I was, but I allowed it to be at that point. And so um, it took a lot of courage for me to get back up there and do it. But now, again, I'm, you could put me in front of you know, thousands of people and I'm fine, but it's just getting to that stage. I had to get comfortable with it again. Wow. And I probably need you on my Faith Over Fear podcast as well, because you've just talked about so much, you know, from a human perspective... Did it seem very logical at that point if you were to think about like, okay, God's calling me to speak and yet I'm struggling to speak? Like, did that seem logical from a human perspective, how Mm -hmm. he was calling you? God is not logical. (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing about that is logical at all. You are correct. And so I think that's one of the hardest things about faith is so much isn't logical. And that's when you really have to pray and you really have to rely on scripture and you really have to rely on your relationship with your the Holy Spirit to lead you when you have doubt and insecurity. Mm-hmm. And when I think to going back to your, your emphasis on taking that first step, even when you feel afraid, even when you feel ill-qualified, mm-hmm. all of these lies that can just spin mm-hmm. through our head. But even if we, because I've heard people, they get so paralyzed because they're like, well, I need this direct, like, I think they want the banner in the sky, mm-hmm. especially if it seems illogical, like, well, this is going to show me God is really calling me to this. If he gives me this confirmation, this confirmation. And one thing I love about our heavenly father, if we are honestly trying to follow him, if we maybe get it wrong and, and we step out and it's not really his direction, he just kind of nudges us as we keep walking. Like he's not over, over us and up, oh, you know what? You heard me incorrectly there. Right. Yeah. I know some people also just expect like an audible response or something like that. That's just not how it is. I mean, have you read the Bible? (laughs) I mean, it's just not how it goes. And so you're right. You have to listen to those or feel for those nudges from Christ or from the Holy Spirit and just know that having that intimate relationship with Christ and being immersed in the word is going to uh, make sure that you know that you're on the right path and that you're doing the right thing. And it's when you don't have that relationship is when you're questioning, you're grasping at straws and you're looking for a lot of times those definite markers is because maybe you don't have that in that moment. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. So you, you talked a little bit about this, but let's hit on this. So what kind of lies and false identities did you wrestle with during that period? Just that between the, the one, well, maybe even now, because I think it's an ongoing, the battle in our sure. mind, right? Sure. Uh, damaged, useless, um, that I would never be 
that I was just thrown away, you know, that I wouldn't be good for anything anymore. I lost my career, um, everything I'd worked for, and I had to redefine myself. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And so a lot of those fears and insecurities still plague me to this day. I still, I'd, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I struggled with them from time to time, but, um, I think that they're, that they don't, or I know that they don't define me and I, Christ defines me. My relationship with God defines me. And so I have to combat those negative stereotypes with who I am in a Christ-centered relationship. That's awesome. Well, I want to touch on those two things, Who, what you used to do, because that I know was a huge struggle. I mean, a huge transition, but I also want to talk about how God is using you now, which I started to notice it was explosive. Like when we, within a year of knowing you, I, I saw... And I, I think Krista and I actually, you remember Krista who was mm-hmm. serving oh, yeah, very much. at the time. And we both saw, we're like, well, this is explosive like this. So I think talking about the expanse of where you're at now, which to me is mind boggling. So how long has, I just opened the door for like four questions at once. <laughs> so how long has, has Stromies, did we mention Stromies? We need to mention Stromies. (laughs) So Sarah is the tri-founder of a ministry called Stromies, which is they serve stroke survivors across the globe. Yes. Just tell me a little bit about how just the the reach of your ministry, of what God is doing through your... Sure. Well, yeah, Stromies... Three of us met, um, three young stroke survivors here in Omaha met through volunteering with the American Heart and Stroke Association. And so we have started sharing survivor stories on Instagram and Facebook. It's funny because um, one of the Stromies uh, middle school daughters made our Instagram page because none of us knew how to use Instagram um, at the beginning of this venture. And so we're kind of the old ladies trying to figure out how to use Instagram, but um, we're learning. And so through that, we started meeting people with through hashtags. By the way, those are super cool little things. And we would get stories sent to us and we'd have to translate them, which was so cool. And then we'd start messaging with people in other languages and just realizing that it doesn't matter what language you speak, the message is is exactly the same. And there are a lot of people in remote areas that don't have access to not only the rehab services that we have here, but the emotional support is key. They may go their entire lives without meeting another survivor in person. Whereas here in, I mean, Omaha, Nebraska, we are so fortunate to be able to go to a stroke survivor meeting or a stroke walk, or we just had, um, we actually just had the stroke walk, uh, this past weekend. It was virtual because of, you know, COVID, but we, we have so many 
things available to us. They don't have those in a lot of the foreign countries, especially the smaller ones. And so being able to provide an outlet for people and like, there's one gal I talked to in like Croatia, for example, and she lives 45 miles from anywhere that has even to get groceries. And it's just like, so cool to be able to provide them with encouragement and stuff. And I feel like God gave me an outlet to do that. And I didn't even know that it was needed, but he did. And that's what, but I was open to it. Just like I, you know, said earlier, if you're open, if you have that relationship with Christ and you're open to listening to what the Holy Spirit says, he will point you in the right direction and show you what's needed and give you those outlets and opportunities when they arise. And that's exactly what Christ has done through the Stromies because that has been so organically grown, more so than I can even begin to tell you because we have no idea what we're doing, but yet we're here and so uh, so blessed to be where we are and be able to to minister to those to those people. You know, you started, and I heard in your conversation too, so much of it started with those one-on-one connections, mm-hmm. correct? What a gift. I, you know, I've emphasized that in past episodes. I don't know if we always understand the gift of presence hmm. and of listening to someone who's struggling. And Everybody can listen. I, if you're bedridden or mm-hmm. if you're able to walk or lead a, a national or international ministry, regardless, the most precious thing we can give people is our time. Amen. And our ear. And you still, how much, how much of your ministry is spent still with you connecting one-on-one with people? Oh, it's a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the coolest things that I have to offer people is time and one-on-one attention because a lot of times they don't have that anywhere else. And especially from other people that understand what they're going through. And that's one of the neatest things to offer people. It's, you know, your spouse or a friend can say, I understand what you're going through or give you encouragement, but from someone who's actually been there and had to learn to walk again or been there through what you've gone through, it just means so much more. And I don't, if I'm spending, you know, 30 minutes on a, you know, FaceTime chat or an Instagram chat with someone in a remote location, but I'm instead of making a speech in front of 2000 people, I find that just as important, if not more. And so it doesn't matter if it doesn't, it doesn't have the same global reach or something like that. I think that it's what God's calling me to at that particular time. And I'm doing his, I'm doing what he's calling me to. Mm-hmm. And God is such a personal yes. God. And we also don't know, I don't, you are much more optimistic and positive than I am. I tend to struggle with negative thoughts, I think way, way more probably than, and when I first, and I have my illness is nothing compared to, to yours. Uh, when I first got sick, I was so depressed, like I didn't know if I wanted to, I wasn't fully diagnosed then and my pain wasn't controlled and I didn't know, and my colitis wasn't controlled and I didn't know if I wanted to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was how I felt. And 
So I always just, when I heard your story, I wonder, you're connecting one-on-one. I wonder how many lives you've saved. Hmm. That's a great question. And you, but you know what, by that, I don't feel like I'm the one that saved the lives God did. You know, God just used me as a vessel to spread his, his word and encouragement. So, and you talked about there being a hole. I actually, I refer a lot of people to you, don't I? Yes, you do. (laughs) When I hear someone has, has endured a stroke, Stromius is the first, first ministry I think of because I don't know of other stroke ministries that are so hope-filled and Christ-centered. I've never heard of another one. I don't know. Maybe there is. Not that I know of. And that's part of why we formed is what we wanted to become is what we wanted when we were going through rehab or when we were in, um, or when we had just gotten home and going, trying to learn to walk again and try to get those activities of daily living back. We needed to, we wanted stories of people who had been through it and, um, we couldn't find those. And so we were like, okay, you know what? Let's share those. And so that's part of why we, we created the Stromies and Form Together to do that is because we wanted to become what we wanted at that time. And who better to create that? Three, three gals that had been there and knew exactly what was needed. So let's talk about that, how God set that ministry up. Because I find this fascinating that you were not originally, you're not from Omaha. I am not. And you came here a year before your first stroke? Um, four years before my first stroke. Okay. And you have this stroke and then you meet these ladies mm-hmm. who happen to have experienced the same thing, mm-hmm. who happen to really love Jesus mm-hmm. and have a heart, which when I see Stromies, you all have a heart for Christ. It's not about self-elevation. It's not about... I, I really just see this humility and this love and this servant's heart in all three of you. And that's a unique and powerful blend. And just thinking of how God put those pieces together. How is he working on each of you separately to merge you and maybe briefly, but yeah, you know, it was, it's like I said, for it so organically, grown and developed and we each we're each different but when you put the three of us together it's just a perfect combination you know um Tamsin's the one Stromy Tamsin is um the language she's our um blog specialist and she can write anything because that's her specialist Stromy Angie is out and about she does Mary Kay and she can her reach is endless. I mean, she can take over the city and I am kind of learning Instagram and doing like memes and stuff. A lot of which I learned from you, Jennifer. And so, you know, the three of us have each kind of learned, okay, this is where I can help in the ministry the most. And so with our, we pretend like we're Captain Planet with our powers combined, you know, the three of us together can make this happen. And so we try to figure out what we can do best to contribute to the cause. That's awesome. 
And I love this quote, just hearing what you said and just thinking about your <clears throat> journey. And also one thing I find very unique about Stromies from a, from a faith perspective, from the faith community. So we, I personally, cause I've been in outreach ministry for, I don't know, for as long as I can remember. And I've read so many books on ways that we can connect with a non-faith community, build bridges, because there there can be barriers just yes. within that. And and it can be very difficult to to build those bridges. But here through your ministry, you have a large secular audience, correct? Yes. yes. And <clears throat> I find that even with the secular community in the stroke survivor world, you usually don't offend them with faith-based information. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because it's just, (laughs) you're going through, you know, uh, rehab and getting better and people that have been sick or close to dying or facing mortality. I'm not sure what it, what, the difference is, but they don't get offended by it. I can tell you why, because I know you and I've watched your ministry. They don't get offended by you because you are speaking from genuine love. You are seeing the person and your heart is focused on them and their needs. I really believe more often than not, even if someone doesn't believe in our message, if they can see the genuine love and passion and humility, they are receptive. They may not agree with it. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I have yet to have experienced them get offended by that. More often than not, and I'm not saying there aren't people who get mm-hmm. offended by truth. Mm-hmm. My experience, and I see sometimes I'll see on Facebook and, and I'll see people say, well, you can just, if you're not my friend, you can just leave and you just don't like the message and whatever. And I'm just going to keep, keep stating. I'm like, well, no, they don't like the presentation. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to remember that as believers. Mm-hmm. And Jesus emphasized that, Paul emphasized mm-hmm. that, that we we love them like a mother, especially in ministry. You, like, you're like both mother and father. And how are you with your kids? Like that kind of deep gut level love for people. And so I, I do think that's probably why they're not getting offended by you is because you're investing personally. You're giving time. You've been there. You're listening and you're, you're responding out of genuine love. That's a powerful combination. And I love this quote, just speaking of you taking those first steps, how God has orchestrated, how he's grown you, how he's brought you all together, how he brought you to Omaha, where you can connect with these women that to create this organic amazing ministry. And this is by Beth Moore, her book, her Bible study, Esther, which I've just, I've been rereading it. It's a great, has great Mm -hmm. content. And she said, you have been placed in your sphere of influence, regardless of the size you perceive it to be for such a time as this, even your current location is part of the setup for your kingdom destiny. Hmm. I love that. I do too. And even just speaking of social media, Mm-hmm. And you're saying, well, I didn't know how to do social media. <laughs> 20 years ago, Stromies wouldn't have That's existed in the same so way. So very true. And, and 
I think sometimes we have to redefine our idea of ministry as well. And you've really emphasized that when I hear you, how would you define a successful, powerful ministry? Maybe that's a good place to start. You know, it's so, I think it would be unique to each individual because what like my mom would find successful, for example, would be spending weeks on end with like once, but focusing on prayer for one specific person, because that's who like my mom is. And that would be a very successful ministry for my mom. And for myself, it would be to be able to share God's love in a way that is not, that is not going to seem like I am preaching it down everybody's throat. And like you said, so that they will receive God's love and be willing to read it, even if they don't believe it. And um, to be able to touch the hearts and encourage survivors worldwide. And that I think it's just person specific. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's unique to each individual. Connect with Sarah with Stromies, stromies.com, yep. stromies.com, S-T-R-O-M-I-E-S. And you can find them on social media as well. I guarantee if you reach out to them, they will connect oh, with yeah. you. And I love, I want to end on this on this note, well, okay, two. <laughs> These are both quotes also from Beth Moore, Beth Moore's Esther book. But she said, when, I, when we trust our lives to the hand and pen of an unseen but ever-present God, he will write our lives into his story. And every last one of them will turn out to be a great read. And then she said, which I think we need to hold tight to, our status is infinitely higher as a servant in, in God's kingdom than a ruler in ours. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope it gave you things to think about. I hope it inspired you just to follow, like Sarah said, those nudges. I would encourage you to subscribe. We have more episodes coming and then you won't miss a single one. And I would love to connect with you as well. Just Google my name, Jennifer Slattery. You can find my website. You can find me on social media. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it. That helps other people to find it and make sure to share it with with your friends or wherever else you share your the content that you enjoy or find helpful. Again, thank you. Go in peace. Go in God's power. Like Sarah said, you are a warrior. Thriving with Chronic Illness is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a review in your podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the podcast. To hear more from Jennifer Slattery, be sure to check out her fantastic site, holyloved.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Gibbons, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more podcasts like this, head over to lifeaudio.com.
This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.